0: Guys, welcome back. Um, We've decided it's a real rainy, kind of a crappy day. Um, We're gonna be limited with what we can do outside. Ben is here. Um, We're gonna do a few podcasts today, just kind of impromptu. We really didn't, I didn't have put any thought into it actually. I decided, Ben said, Should we do a podcast? I said, Yeah, we should. I grabbed my computer, I opened it up. I've got about a dozen or so. Facebook questions um, that I haven't had a chance to even open. And then I do have some that I haven't answered yet that I'm look, working on getting back to. So I'm going to just start. I'm going to grab a few. I'm literally going to read them to you for the first time that I'm reading them. Mm-hmm. So as I process them, um, you, I'll explain my thought process behind it. Um, I think by doing that, I, I, I do that. Because a guy that I actually talked with today, haven't talked with him for a while, he's a friend of ours, Jeff Forsberg, um, has a dog named tito that we trained for him a yellow dog um had it last year it went home to him so we've if you've been following us for a while or seen um we did a bunch of videos with that dog uh through his training process but i was talking with jeff today jeff brought it up to me when we were doing a seminar a few years back jeff was at a seminar and a few years back he said you know one of the things that i think you should do more of is explain exactly what you're thinking don't just do stuff in a seminar do it but talk through it and so um i guess i never i i have had other people say to me i really think it's valuable when you explain what you're thinking and why you're why you're doing stuff um to me it sounds weird to do it uh f- me personally it feels weird to do it because i feel like i'm really explaining stuff that doesn't need to be explained But I get it Um, and and the idea is to try to have you get a little bit of an understanding of what's going through my mind and why. Um, So with this question, as we're doing these, I've never read them before. So I'm going to like, as I think of things, I'm just going to say them. Um, These are the things that are bouncing around in my head when I start to analyze a question and try to come up with an answer. So let's get started. First question is, I have a lab that was born in December. The guy I got him from didn't really do anything with him besides retrieve. I've been watching your Bella Be Good series and wondering if, it should, if I should start with him as if he was two months old or if I should change it up a bit. Any input would be very helpful and much appreciated. Thank you. So born in December, that makes the dog, it's end of May, it's going into June. It makes the dog about six months old probably. And so that's what I first start thinking about. Okay, well, what, what does he mean? Of course, I, on, on one thought, I say, of course you start in the beginning. Uh, but in the other, at the other hand, I go, why did you even ask this question? Well, it's because you've got a six month old dog and you're wondering, should I start where you started with a two month old? Cause my dog is six months old, not two. That makes sense. Um, but it also the answer I hope makes sense. My answer is you start in the beginning. Um, here's the thing about training a dog. I don't care how old they are. I don't care how long you've done something people ask all the time and I'm guilty of it too like if I'm if I'm approaching something that's new to me one of the first questions I would have would be well how do I get started and and I think I get that question all the time where do I start when it comes to training a shed dog where do you start i mean it, i can't tell you how many podcasts i've been on lots of different podcasts for other people and it's almost always the question they start out with. Where do you get started? You know, you're going to train a shed dog. Where do you, where do you start? And the answer is always in the beginning. And I think for when it comes to dogs, it's, it, it doesn't matter. The age doesn't matter. All that stuff doesn't matter. You always have to start in the beginning. And, and I think that's actually probably reality for a lot of things, because if you try to start in the middle of anything, you usually get things really mixed up really quickly because there's usually a reason for sequencing. Um, you know, the, and, and that could be like lo- how to logically put together something. Like if you're putting, if you're putting together, um, I used a pressure washer this weekend and I remember putting the pressure washer together. It came in a box and it, you know, it had the motor and all that stuff was already assembled. Um, there was parts and pieces of it—the wand or whatever, the sprayer—that was already assembled. I didn't have to assemble that. I didn't have to. There's multiple parts that make these things up. The motor has all these different parts. Well, it, it was already put together, that part. But when I brought the thing home, I took it out, and there was wheels loose. There was this rack or frame thing that was loose. There was—I mean, the hose wasn't connected to the wand. The wand wasn't the whole. None of it was connected to the sprayer. Um, there were there were parts and pieces. There were, and so then I took out this booklet and I started reading the booklet, and I thought, what? Why? What, it's a it's a freaking power washer. What, what do I need this for? So I set the booklet down and I started to put the thing together, and it made. I, uh, let's just get going with this, right? So I get going and I start putting it together. And then I put the, the handle on because I knew where the, ha- it was obvious where the handle went. It was obvious where the wheels would go. So I started putting this stuff on. And then I realized after putting it on, tightening the bolts, finding the right nuts, finding the right little free wrench that they give you that fits all this stuff. And I tighten these all up and it's a little time consuming and and whatever. So I get it done and I'm 10, 15 minutes into it. And then I went to do the next step of putting the wheels on. And I realized there's no bolts for the wheels. Well, this it's missing Uh, right away, right away. You're missing parts. You know, you get pissed off at the manufacturer because, but then I looked and I went, Oh my gosh, these line up with the bolts that are for the frame (laughs) and the frame. Easy, easy. Speedy delivery guy here. So we got, you in the background, you hear my watch dogs let me know that there's a delivery. Enough. Easy. So I got these two dogs laying on the bed right now and they give a deep growl and they're not going to let someone break into my house. And so now I tell them it's enough. And so now they'll settle back down. And I don't mind a dog that barks like that. I don't want to get off track here, but I don't mind a dog that barks and lets me know that someone's here. I don't like a dog that continues to bark after I tell them, that's enough I I, accept, I I realize that we have someone here so but so let's get back to my my power washer so I realized well the bolts that lined up to put the handle on by God they're the same bolt that I should be using to put the wheel on but I put the handle on first and I should have put the wheel on first and then the handle because it was this I needed to thread the bolt through the same hole so I I didn't really read the instructions. I just jumped into it and started putting pieces together. And in reality, if I had read the instructions, I would have went, oh, this comes first, then this, then this, then this. And there's a reason and a logical sequence to everything we do. When it comes to training, I think there are reasons and logical sequences to everything we do. So you've got a dog that retrieves. Oh, good. You've got one part. you got the motor. The motor's put together. But... That doesn't mean that you just start throwing things together or jump into it wherever you want. You really, in order to use the motor and have it work for you, you're going to have to assemble a carriage or a frame and there's going to be some wheels on it. And so you're going to have to go back to the beginning and actually approach it with a logical assembly. And so that might mean if you don't have a dog that knows how to heal, you're in a lot of trouble. Because if your dog retrieves and you wanna set up some type of a, you know, depending on what you're gonna train the dog for, let's say it's gonna be a gun dog. Well, you're gonna send the dog on retrieves. That's one part of it. And so in order to teach a dog to line, or to run a memory, you're gonna have to teach a dog to line. In order to teach a dog to line, you're gonna have to set up lots of different repetitions. You might need some marking at some point, but marking isn't necessarily what we start with in the first place. So marking might be my wheels or my handle, and lining might be the wheels. And if you don't put the first part in first, and if you don't do healed in the first place, well, then you don't even maybe have the right parts. So you do have to start in the beginning. And so the nice part about it is you can watch Bella Be Good when I started with her at, you know, two month, 10 weeks old, but you just plug in this six month old dog at that point. Now, some of it is gonna be hard for you to do. You're not going to be able to hold the puppy in your arms. You're not going to, I held the, I held Belle in my arms. I think I held Belle in my arms early on, um, but she settled in really quickly when we, for feeding times, I'm talking. If you watch any of our training videos, our puppy video, like this guy could watch our puppy video and he probably could use recall. And some of the things we do with recall. Now, the difference is, is the puppy wants to be with us and follows us around. That's a timing thing that you take advantage of when they're eight to 12 weeks old, roughly. You're beyond that. So the dog's maybe not in that phase, but this, the setups are probably gonna be pretty similar. In our foundation video, we talk about reverse heel. Well, you, I definitely think you're gonna to wanna to use reverse heel to teach recall. And so, but if you can't heel in the first place or the dog's not comfortable being on a leash, how do you do reverse heel? So all of these things are just, they're, they're all tied together. So Michael, yes, the answer is 100%. You gotta start in the beginning. And you treat it like it's a two-month-old in a six-month-old body. And I don't care. It could be a six-year-old dog. And you could, you could still start out teaching like I would teach a puppy with an older dog. I think the one thing you've got going for you, hopefully, is that you say he's got retrieving. Well, that's great. That's good. That's one less thing that you may have to develop. But I would be willing to bet if all the, dog, all the guy has done is retrieving with it, he's probably not real particular and real formal with his retrieving. And there may be some bad habits there in the retrieve. There may be dropping short, there may be victory laps. There could be, there could be lots of different issues. So I would say the way to fix problems is usually by backing up, taking steps back. When you take steps back and fill in holes, like you've got a lot of holes that you need to fill in. Well, you don't start in the middle filling in holes because you still got that very beginning, the first part of it that's got a bunch of a bunch of holes in it and water will leak out so you can't you can't patch something up in the middle you got to start in the one end and work your way to the opposite end so that's the that's Michael's answer number 2 here i'm going to go his name is kung pao i don't think it's his real name could be i don't know i don't think it is Yeah, well, maybe it is could be kung pao isn't that a that's takeout man kung pao chicken isn't it? I think it is. Good evening. I need some advice, please. I'm almost two and a half weeks into hold conditioning with a seven-month-old Chessie. We, got, we go twice a day but short sessions. He's doing way better than expected. He hasn't dropped the dowel on the table since day two. He holds when moving back and forth on the table as well as sitting again. Yesterday, I took him to the floor with no issues. Then on the second session, I decided to heal him while holding. He dropped the towel, dropped the dowel when he was commanded to sit. I corrected him and finished with a regular sit, sitting hold, and then called it a day. Same thing happened today. Morning session was on, on the, all on the table and perfect. Dropped to the floor in the afternoon. And when he is, when he is static, there's no issue, but he drops the dowel again when sitting after healing. Should I stick with table work for a while more or keep working with him on the ground? Any help would be appreciated. Well, here's what I think you've done. You've. You've spent two and a half weeks mastering one major part of it, and it's, and it's done well. And then in two days, you've decided, well, we're going to move to the ground, and then we're going to move them on the ground. And you, you've taken a bunch of the steps that you did up on the table, and you went from two weeks to two days, and the dog is tripping up. And so it is very clear to me, spend two and a half weeks getting to that pillion. Maybe it won't take that long. But it took you that long to get there in the first place. What makes you think that all of a sudden, when the, in in Kung Pao, this is not a knock on you. I see it with a million people. They get, they're meticulous about the first steps of things. They master them. They're really not in a rush. And then all of a sudden things go well for them. Things start to form, habits start to form. They're doing really good. And so they go, screw it. Open the floodgates. Let's go. And they take a bunch of steps in a matter of two days and they run into issue and they email me like this and they go, I'm having problems with it. Well, it's because you went from drip, drip, drip to open the gates and let all the river come through. And, and that is a sure way to set the dog up to fail. So what I would do is it sounds like you over a two and a half week period, got the dog to hold well. Sitting still, got the dog to move, got the dog to sit, got the dog to do a, a gradual, nice, incremental improve, improvement or expansion on what you were doing while elevated. Then you took him to the ground and then you did all of that stuff in a real short period of time. So what I would do is I'd take him to the ground and I'd have them sit on the ground and hold. And then I'd have them walk and hold and then I'd have them sit and hold and I would do the exact same steps over about the same period of time. Or like I said, it might accelerate a little bit, but the dogs might slow down too. It might take three weeks to do it instead of two and a half, but either way, I would make sure that I give the dog an opportunity to understand that by changing the environment, literally going from the table to the ground, doesn't change the behavior, doesn't allow for the behavior to change. You just it'd be like it would be it would be no different than you starting out hold conditioning on the table, and emailing me after two days and saying, "This is this is what's happening. How come?" And I'd say, "Because you're going too fast. Slow down. Slow down and master it. You you can't you can't you just you just change the environment. It's like starting over. Every time you change the environment, it's like starting over when you start forming these new things, these new skills. Now." after months of it and years of it, I'll say you can change environments because the habit is stronger than the environment, but not after two and a half weeks plus two days. So you have to get, that's the whole idea of whole conditioning is by the end of the process, it's transferable to any location. The habit is strong enough to overcome that distraction or that, that new challenge of everything else has changed. What's the behavior? The behavior has to stick regardless of, what the other stuff around it is that's that's no different than anything else that we do with the dog heel work we do i always uh, our Bella be good series ben and i actually talk about it sometimes of let's go back to the same spot let's go back to the same spot let's go back to the same spot we go back if you watch that series a lot of times we're three four five days in a row in the same spot maybe not doing the exact same thing but the location is the same and we're changing the activity a little bit And then we get real good at it, confident enough where I say, okay, let's go do it in another place. And usually when we do it in another place, it doesn't go as well. So then we spend three, four, five days there until it gets really good there. And then we might go to another spot and do the same thing. And it's eventually after doing it enough times in enough different spots, the behavior sticks and and is stronger than any of the other elements that get in the way. And so that's what I would, that's what I think we need to do here. Um, Next question, Ty Jones says, what type of bags are you using? This is a good question. We have our own training bags. Um, we are currently out of inventory. However, uh, COVID has not helped us out with our supply and we got they went quick quicker than what we thought. Um, I think there's been, first off, I'll, I'll use this as a chance to thank you guys uh, for supporting small businesses during these really, really difficult times. Um, strange times indeed, small businesses, really appreciate you guys shopping with them and so whether it be online if it if you are able to do go to stores a lot of people we don't have a storefront but uh, in in a lot of places it doesn't matter even if you did have a storefront you couldn't do it right now in different spots however uh there are lots of ways to support small businesses um online sales and, and amazon everyone begs on amazon i'll tell you what amazon is a big store is what it is so little guys like us sell our product through amazon so when you order our stuff not every brand and every product we have because we have some other people that sell it on online as well but there are places that if you order uh, our bone stuff is it's Spry's. i think it's called Spry's something um it's that's coming from us so we send it to amazon and you're actually ordering it from us. We also sell it to our website. So our bags are ordered, and we have not gotten confirmation on it, but we should have them back in stock. So Ty asked about the bags. Um, We're gonna have them back on the website ASAP. Benny just put turned on. real hides. Wonderboy just turned real hides back on. Um, We we were out of real hides. We are in the process right now of fleshing, drying, um, and packaging real hides for game recovery. I did a post on our Instagram. We uh, we turned it on today because we got them packaged. So, those, so it's just an example of we're just a really small company um, doing our best and appreciate you guys supporting us. That's it. I'm going to make a quick one today. Uh, three questions we got knocked out from Facebook. I'll send each of those three people a message back, let them know that the podcast is going to cover it. Um, appreciate you guys supporting us. We're going to do a few podcasts today. So uh, you're going to get you're going to get a lot of information quickly. Uh we are not letting off. I think it's a real it's been a couple of weeks now that we've been doing this. Let's do more podcasts, let's do more series for YouTube. Our YouTube channel is is just turning into a real real major means of our communication because it handles the size of our videos. Um it's a very very good platform for us to to post content. So if you are a subscriber, if you use YouTube, if you'd go to at Dog and subscribe to our channel, um, how many series are you posting right now? Three actively? Yeah, three alternating. So we've yeah. got Inside the Workshops, yeah. we've got Bella Be Good, and we've got- Dogbone Vlog. Dog Bone Vlog, which is a video version of some of our podcast episodes. Um, I thought we had another one too. Don't we have another one? Go on, or is that it? Um, we are going to, a, a quick update on Bella. We are going to start hold conditioning. Uh, and my reasoning with it is I'm going to hold condition here and I'm going to use placeboards. And placeboards I'm going to use without dummies to start out with. And so we're going to use this little break from retrieving to get through hold conditioning. We're going to use placeboards without retrieving. And I'm going to start because we've started in on some handling and some back casting. And what we're going to do is take a short break from that. And the placeboards, I think are gonna give me the ability to, to work on some handling stuff, lefts, rights, and backs without using dummies. And so we're gonna kind of prep ourselves for the next steps with handling where we're already going back, but then we're gonna start going rights and lefts. Um, we're gonna start using, we're gonna emphasize our sit to the whistle during this time period. So I'm doing, I'm, I'm hold conditioning for the reason of, I wanna clean up the delivery. I've bitched about it enough. I could, in the last, Month and a half of Bellaby goods. You hear me whine about it almost every day. About Ugh, one of these days, I'm gonna polish this up. Now it's time to polish it up. I've had enough of it. Uh, so we're going to clean up the delivery. And her delivery is not terrible, but it's it's definitely not a, a holding issue. It's the placement of when she comes in. She comes in too fast. She wants to run past me. She usually makes a loop behind me and comes back to me. Um, I wanna I wanna fix that. I wanna clean up the delivery. I want it to be the way it should be. And so in her, she's real high energy and I don't want to turn her off on it. So what we're going to do is we're going to use hold conditioning and I'm going to kick around some placeboard board training, which is a podcast that we did live with Jay Lowry, not too long ago discussing that, that methodology, um, Ian openshaw. We got a post. We're going to end up posting that new video that he's got out, but I watched the old video. Um, and he's got a place board training video and we're going to try to follow along and kind of see how that works for us. Um, I'm interested. I know a lot of guys, that, guys and girls that use it. I've never done it before. So we're going to give it a whirl. We're going to use Bella for it. So that's it. Good episode today. A short one, a quick one. Um, back to kind of the way we started out these. We've started to get them a little bit longer and I want to keep them short for you. So thank you guys for the support. If you are listening to this on an app, that has the ability to leave a rating or review, I'd appreciate it if you did. If you like it, if you don't like it, don't worry about the review (laughs) or the app, or on the app. But no, seriously, if you would leave us that review, we really appreciate it. Um, And do us a favor during these weird COVID times, share this with someone that you think it might help. Um, That is the reason why we have upped them. What are we up to? We're into the 70s. 73. I've got this little number in my mind, three digits. I wanna hit 100, so we're gonna keep cranking. before we're, we're we're gonna get we're gonna get there. So it's a it's a little goal of mine. So I like to I like to have miniature goals to keep me going. So thank you guys for the support. We'll keep giving them to you.